This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Ramya Abudhan, Kelly McDonald, host of the program. Thanks for being here with us today. I want to talk a little bit about our podcast. You can subscribe to it using your favorite podcatcher. All you have to do is go on, do a search for AMI Audio, Kelly and Company. We're there. You can listen to the show in segment form. Maybe you hear a contributor or a guest like our upcoming guest, and you, you maybe catch the interview halfway through. Go back and take a listen via the podcast. If you listen to the complete Kelly and Company podcast experience, you can also check out the audio vanity card and any extras that we're able to toss into the full podcast that are there for you. That's the complete podcast. Otherwise, just subscribe and take in the show any way that best suits you. As mentioned, I'm Kelly McDonald at the Home Studio, London, Ontario. Ramya Muthan at the Home Studio in Toronto. It's always very engaging talking with artists and people who love art and getting to know their processes and uh, also what they're up to in general because, you know, we like to take a sneak peek. So Johnny Tai is a Richmond, B.C.-based blind martial arts instructor who has recently embarked on this journey to study the fine arts through an exploration of tactile drawing. And we're excited to talk about the next steps that he's uh, taking and some of the other things that he's up to, including an upcoming six-week residency at the Vancouver Grunt Gallery. So, Johnny, it's very nice to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, for anyone who wonders why I sound, I don't sound like my usual self. If I'm still recovering from a bit of a flu. So uh, if I got to sneeze or cough during the show, excuse me. Okay. All right. Well, speedy recovery to you, and thanks for taking the time. Uh, and we're excited to talk about this. So first, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you wanted to get into the fine arts. Um, because as I mentioned, you are people in the community know you for your martial arts instruction. Yes. Um, a lot of people that know me, uh, even including a lot of close friends, uh, have known me for 20, 30 years. They, some people know me as a musician, some people know me as a counselor for therapy. Some people know me as a martial art guy. Some people know me as a guy who get into some film projects and documentaries. Um, and surprisingly enough, very, very few people knew of my connection to fine art. Uh, but in fact, art has been part of me uh, going way back, way back to when I was in high school. Uh, when I was in high school, one of the awards that I would get pretty much guaranteed every year was the Outstanding Achievement in Fine Art, from uh, mm. grade 9 all the way up to grade 12. Um, when I was uh, getting ready for college, I actually got a, a scholarship from Emily Carr College uh, to study art. But... Due to various reasons, um, I, at the end, I decided not to take them up on the scholarship. I went into studying psychology instead. Uh, so there was a very, very long period from maybe uh, from when I was 19 to maybe the age of 35 that 
I, I pretty much just put art on the back burner. I, I thought of it as a part of my life that it was great, it was promising, uh, but it, behind me, I don't have time, I don't have the space. Um, and for the last few years, what I ended up doing was uh, sometimes uh, for some of my closer friends and more artistic, uh, I would uh, uh, do an art work for them for Christmas, uh, just as a sort of a private, personal, private touch on a mm -hmm. Christmas gift. And a couple of my friends actually came back to me and said, you know, you're wasting your talent just giving these away. You need to get into the art world and show, get this, these to the world, and you, you can sell these for thousands of dollars. And I, I was like, you're kidding me. I was thinking, yeah, I, I that's encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that, 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 that's what uh, got me sort of uh, back into uh, exploring various possibilities into uh, how can I market these? How can I promote my artwork? And uh, how to establish a network? And one of the first things that uh, came to me, came uh, to my notice was the uh, Grant Gallery. Uh, they were doing, for the first time, this was the first year, they were doing a residency on uh, tactile art, uh, trying to promote uh, more non-visual aspects of art, how to modernize galleries. So, uh, black can uh, get more out of them. Uh, so, of course, that seemed like a godsend to me. And I signed up and I was selected. So this is why you um, wanted, like why you applied for this residency because of the tactile art aspect that the Grant Gallery was putting on. Uh, yes. Um, yes uh, I, uh, I personally have not known too many other uh, blind, never mind, tactile art artists, like blind artists in general, I have not known that many. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, I thought this would be so interesting to be able to uh, learn a bit more about what's out there, who's doing what, and to get my own techniques and experiences out there as well. That's amazing. So, Johnny, when they let you know, hey, we would love to have you a part of this, what did it feel like to score that uh, residency? Uh, I mean, we're talking six weeks of such immersive ability and, and time to be able to perfect what you already know, what you already do. And, and I guess that helps a person with a lot with direction. But how did it feel? Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh you know, it's actually quite funny because, like I said, I've never actually professionally uh, pursued uh, fine art. Uh, it was like something I did a lot in high school, and people thought I was great at, uh, but never gotten uh, anywhere with it. So um, when I first got the residency, I was like, oh, cool, I guess this is going to be fun. And then mm -hmm. I was talking to my other artist friends, and they said, dude, like getting a residency in to an artist is a big deal. You don't just yeah. say, "Cool, this will be fun." <laughs> so I, I, I had no idea. But you kind of don't know what it looks like ahead if you've never, like you said, you've never experienced. So for me to say, "So what will you do? How will that work?" 
you only have really the theory of what they tell you. You'll be doing this. We'll be exploring that. Right. And you'll be saying, okay, <laughs> to know what those days look like. Yeah. Um, will you give us a little bit more detail on what your tactile art looks like? When you start in doing this, where do you think, if they say, hey, you, you can kind of create, you can do what you'd like, where will you default to doing or what do you think you'll do? Just so those pro- presents you give people, what are they like? Um, excuse me. <coughs> yeah, like I said, still sick. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, a while ago, uh, when I was talking to uh, uh, someone else in a different project, uh, the idea of art came up, and something that uh, this other person who was also totally blind mentioned that even if you draw something on a piece of paper that was tactile and you show it to her, she would have no idea what she's feeling because, you know, like knowing what the horse looks like, feeling a real horse, translating that to what a horse feels like on paper, Mm. that's very different. Yep. Yep. So that sort of uh, made a light bulb go on in my head because I, all these years, of doing art, I mean, I started out uh, doing clay and soapstone and wood carving and stuff like that. But uh, one of my biggest and most unique uh, niches was uh, drawing uh, tactilely. And I always sort of assumed that because I know what the horse feel like on paper, and everyone else who feel it would know what it right. is. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I had no idea that that would even be an issue. Wow. So um, with the Grunt Tactile Art Program, one of my personal goals uh, is I want to create a series of artwork, but I want to create, um, let's say, I want, let, let for, for example, I'll do a fish, but I'll do it in 3D in clay. I'll do the exact same fish on tactile drawing. And then we'll set them out side by side. So someone who feels them can know, okay, this is how it translates. This is what it feels like in 3D, and this is what it's going to feel like on paper. But for someone, uh, so who, think, someone who could see, it's a bit of a different experience. Yes. Yes. Uh, the Grant Gallery uh, for the tactile uh, experience is going to focus primarily on uh, art that is non-visual. Yeah. So uh, this is uh, where it's going to be very interesting. Now, for the uh, visual aspect of art, one of the new techniques I have developed that is immensely interesting is I do tactile drawing on a clear piece of plastic. So mm. what happens is when, uh, when, when you look at it right off the bat, you don't really see what the picture is. Uh, but if you hold it up against the wall and shine a flashlight on it, it mm. actually projects the whole picture onto the wall. Absolutely and, fantastic. Yeah. Um, Johnny, we're about out of time. Can you tell us where people can go to learn a little bit more about yourself and what's going on in your life and keep up with you? Um, well, it's very simple. You go to johnnytiger.com, and that there you can find my documentary, my podcast, and uh, links to my YouTube channels. 
I have two YouTube channels that both connect to johnnytiger.com. You can find everything Johnny Tiger related over there. Amazing. Johnny, thank you so much. Uh, we learned a lot today and all the best with your residency and hope you can uh, sell some nice art. Thank you. Take care. Johnny Ty is a blind artist and martial arts instructor based in BC, amongst all the other things that he does. Uh, We're talking about his passion for fine arts and rediscovered, I guess, and an upcoming residency at the Vancouver Grant Gallery. We have another hour of Kelly and Company Head on our parenting chat. Lucia Belafonte discusses how parents and children can enjoy and embrace the best of the holidays together. Plus, we'll chat with Dan Kershaw, Executive Director of Furniture Bank, to learn about the scale and prevalence of furniture poverty and how Furniture Bank wants to help. Up next, though, community reporter Tony Frymark highlights Novus the Ability, an International Day of Persons with Disabilities celebration taking place in Medicine Hat. We'll be with her in just a moment. The Walrus is Canada's conversation and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.